from John 17, verses 11 through 19. And I, Jesus, am no longer in the world, but they, my disciples, are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except for the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Lisa. You can grab a, a seat. Um, and so this morning, we're, uh, we're beginning a new series where uh, we want to talk about Monday. And Mondays, uh, Mondays can be the worst. And when I think of Monday, the first thing that always comes to mind is uh, this short clip from the movie Office Space. i got to get out of here. I think I'm going to lose it. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> what a... What a terrible thing to say to someone, right? <laughs> and yet, uh, yeah, we've all had them, right? We've all had a case of, of the Mondays. After a good weekend watching the Chiefs win or a good party with friends, uh, good time with family, whatever it is, like a good weekend of celebration or rest followed by, by Monday. Uh, the difficult, you know, the daily grind, uh, Monday. And so what, what we want to do is, is talk about Monday, because we think Jesus makes something really clear in John chapter 17, which, uh, which he says, um, starting in, in verse 15 of John 17, this is an interesting prayer of Jesus. He says, uh, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. So Jesus is saying, don't take my followers out of the world. I do not ask that you take my followers out of the world, but what I do ask is that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Um, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. For as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And so Jesus like, explicitly says that all of those things like you're facing on Monday, the difficulties at work, uh, the hard, hard realities of being a parent, uh, whatever's going on in your, your community, our world, our country, Jesus explicitly says to God, uh, don't take anyone who follows me out of that. Um, and then he like, later says, specifically, I, I'm, sending people, they, I'm sending them into the world. Which to me is a really, a really interesting prayer. That everything you face tomorrow, Jesus explicitly doesn't want you to get taken out of. And explicitly has sent you there. Like for a reason, for a purpose. And so what we want to do is we want to spend uh, the next eight weeks, and really beyond that, thinking about um, what that means, what it means to, to follow Jesus on a Monday, that the, the, the way we think, we've thought about this as a church is that we want to be a church for Monday. 
And that sounds like a bad marketing slogan, and it is. It's a really bad marketing slogan. Um, so what do we mean when we say we, we want to be a church uh, for, for Monday? Why? Like, why Monday? Why do we want to think about that? What does that even mean? Or what does it mean to be a church for Monday? And, and how would we do it? Well, it feels like a good outline for a sermon, um, and that's what we're going to do. Why church for Monday? What it is and how we're going we're gonna to do it. And so starting with, with why, and, and we're going to spend, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time t- thinking about this, but the basic point um, that we're going into is that we, like we think if you follow Jesus, if you're a Christian, then you're going to live on Monday very differently than someone who doesn't follow Jesus. You're just going to look at the world differently. You're going to think about the world uh, differently. And, and so even if you're not a Christian, then at, the next eight weeks, I think you're at least a way of thinking like, oh, if you were a Christian, this is what, like, this is what it would mean. This is what it would look like. This is, what you would, this is how you should live. And it doesn't always mean Christians live that way, that we don't. But this is what it should look like, is, is what we're going to spend time doing and because like we we think Jesus means what he says here is that whatever like whatever is in the world that we're sent to um, is not an accident like Jesus wants us there and so we want to think about that intentionally together and if you think about like Monday life like depending on what age you are like your money's going to be very very different I thought like as, as a Christian as I've tried to follow Jesus what are what have my different Mondays been and you know it starts obviously it starts with school that's that's where Monday um, started for me and being a like trying to be a Christian in school is a really difficult um, is a difficult uh, thing that one I mean I was challenged in what I believed constantly uh, whether it was you know any anytime philosophy was talked about or biology was talked about there were very different assumptions that were that were in the room than what I had as as a Christian and it made it made things difficult. I was surrounded by really smart people who didn't believe in God and didn't think Christianity was true. And that like that was really hard to be around people that seemed as least as smart as me, probably smarter, and didn't believe what um, what I believed. And if that wasn't enough, like some of the moral commitments that I had um, were incredibly difficult to live out and and then also like made me the butt of jokes. And people just sort of not like, well you do what? Like you live like Christians do what? Like it's just weird. And so being a Christian on Monday at school, is, that's a really difficult um, thing. Another season of, of um, Mondays for me was when I was in seminary. I worked at Starbucks on Mondays. And, and one of the hardest things for me, just frankly, at Starbucks, is like, you know, you have three-second interactions with customers. And for whatever reason, on the north side of Chicago, a lot of those interactions were like offensive jokes. Um, and I was like, as a worker and a Christian, like, how do I respond to what you just said to me? And you're gone now. Like, did I, was that right? Like, how do I respond as a Christian to a joke that's like not appropriate and, uh, and is offensive um, to other people? But beyond that, it wasn't just like a negative thing. Also, like, I really, I enjoyed making coffee for people. I enjoyed that people were miserable until they got caffeine and I got to be the one to save them from their misery, right? It was just great. And it was, then I learned, like, there's all sorts of ways you can brew coffees, pour-overs, and French presses, and aero press. Like, I just, all kinds of ways of making coffee. And I, then I, like, just became obsessed with, like, making a really good cup of coffee uh, for people. Now, honestly, one of the things I'm excited about having our own space right now is, like, pretty soon there are going to be two or three different ways I can make you a cup of coffee if you come in and visit. Like, I can't wait for that. Like, what, how do you want your coffee right now? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I just, on Starbucks Monday, I wanted to make good coffee for people. And now my Mondays, uh, they're spent as a pastor. And maybe some of you wonder, like, what does the pastor do? Um, you know, what do you do on Mondays? And, uh, and I love this. I, there's one of, one of my favorite authors, uh, Eugene Peterson. Uh, he had a congregant one time who said, you know, pastors, this was his line about pastors. Pastors are invisible six days of the week and incomprehensible on the seventh. <laughs> I really like that. Anyway, so we all, like, we all have Mondays. We all, like, tomorrow we're going to wake up and, like, have something to do, <laughs> um, have a calling that, that we're uh, to live in to. And, and here's the thing, like, whatever that is for you tomorrow, 
whether it's, whether it's a work, whether it's you're unemployed and you're facing that, whether it's you're a stay-at-home parent, um, whatever tomorrow is, Jesus explicitly said, don't take them out of that. Uh, but I've sent them there. And so like, the reason we want to think about like Church for Monday is we believe Monday matters to God. Where you're going to be tomorrow, whether it's school, work, wherever, like, we believe God deeply cares and has you there for a reason. And this is why Jesus says what he says in John 17. And, and you know, we're going to break a little bit from tradition. Typically, we preach through entire books of the Bible. That's kind of how we, we do things typically. This is going to be more of a topical series. So, so I only want to say a couple things about John 17 um, this morning that are but really important. Um, and the first being that, that when Jesus says, uh, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. I've sent them into the world. You have to understand, like, Jesus, when, when Jesus uses the word world in John's gospel, world is not, like, it's not just a geographic location. It's not just a place. Right? It's not, John's not saying, you know, 75th and Neiman or wherever your work is. Tomorrow. He's not talking about a place. Like the world for John is actually, it's a negative thing. The world is, a, is not a good thing. It's the place that rebels against God. It's a place of darkness. It's, pl- it's Monday. <laughs> That's what the world is. It's all of the challenges and difficulties and problems you're going to walk into tomorrow. Like that's what the world is to, to John. And that's where a lot, like that's often where we want to stop. It's just like, oh, the world's terrible. God's going to save me one day. I get to leave, right? That, and that's how we think about Christianity a lot of times. And Jesus is saying, I don't think about it that way. I, like, I'm, I, like, God, don't take them out of the world, right? I do not pray. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. That's an interesting prayer. And so the, ever, Jesus is well aware of all the problems we face, all the frustrations of this world, all the, everything you're going to walk through. Jesus knows about that, and he specifically doesn't want you to be taken out. And so, but don't, like, just, we don't want to stop at the, the bad, right? We don't want to just have our case of the Mondays and, and just sulk in them, right? Just get out of here. Like, no, that's not, that's not what Jesus wants. So that's one thing that's important from John 17. The world, like, Jesus gets it. He gets the problems we face. But secondly, uh, he's very explicit. Like, we are sent into the world, which means, like, the people who take up the way of Jesus, Christians, um, like, become, like, become different, in the world in which we operate, because we believe, like, we're sent there. We're, Jesus wants us there, and we believe that this world matters deeply to God, and so Mondays matter um, to God. And so what, like, the reason why we want to think about this is because often we think, or at least I think, um, and as leadership, uh, campus pastors, senior pastors, we talked about this, oftentimes the church becomes an escape from the world, right? Like, I, the world's terrible, church is good, like, I'm just going to go to church, and one day church will become my my normal life, and, you know, I'll go to heaven, and everything will be good again, um, but, but that's not, like, church is not meant to be an escape. We're meant to be a training ground so that as you come in, uh, you understand what life like Jesus looks like so that when you go out tomorrow to whatever it is you have, you can follow him faithfully and, and be, as Jesus said, sent into, into this world, and yet a lot, of, a lot of churches forget about Monday, and that's why we want to spend time not, thinking, not forgetting about Monday and thinking about it together. What does it mean? Like that's, that's why Church for Monday is we think Monday matters to God, and we think oftentimes the church stops thinking about Monday. So that why, uh, well, Monday matters to God, and if it matters to God, it should matter to us as a church, and, and we, should, we should be helping one another think about that together. So that's why. Second, what, uh, what is a church for Monday? What do we mean by that? And, and listen, as a church, like we do a lot of things, right? We we have children's ministry. We watch Chiefs games together. Uh, we do a lot of things. But the one thing we do as a church, like the one into, like unarguable job description Jesus gave us is we are to, to make disciples. 
And so we say, listen, we want to be a church for Monday. All we mean is we want to be a church that's very intentionally making disciples for Monday life. Right? We want to focus our, our discipleship thinking. Like, like we don't want to create disciples that just like that really love the Bible, but on Monday they have no idea how to navigate this world, no idea how to navigate their workplace. Uh, we're not interested in that. We want, to, we want to make disciples of Jesus who go into their Monday life prepared and ready. And so I want to unpack that. Like we want to be a church that is that's intentionally preparing you for, for Monday. So what does that, that mean? What does that look like? And start with like disciple is, um, that's a religious word, right? And so if you're, you know, if you grew up in church, you probably, you've, that word gets thrown around all the time. Um, but what, like, what is a disciple? And a disciple, all, a disciple really is it's an apprentice, which is maybe a word we use a little bit, a little bit more. Although even today, like most of us probably, you know, a lot of us probably went to college to prepare for our, our degree instead of going to a company and apprenticing under someone. I mean, yeah, I think most of us, like, we've been in the apprentice role uh, before, that the first, uh, the first job I ever had as, uh, um, as a person, you know, ever period, was I was 14 years old. I worked at a golf course in Indiana, um, and it was, really, it was a really nice uh, golf course. It was an awesome job. It was uh, all the uh, Indiana Pacers and Indianapolis Colts got to play there um, for free. I'm from Indianapolis. It was one of the nicest courses in Indianapolis. Is it okay that I mentioned the Colts? Is that, are, we, are we okay right now? Um, but it's like the, my first few days on the job, uh, there's, uh, there's a few people like, no, it's not okay. Uh, you do, do not talk about the cold. Anyway, so that my first few days on the job uh, was with this guy, Kenny. And Kenny, like he taught me how to do everything. Like here's where the trash goes. And, you know, here's how you talk to customers. And, you know, here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. And my favorite thing he taught me, I was 14, so I couldn't drive a car yet legally. And my favorite thing he did, he taught me to do was drive the golf carts. And he drove like a crazy person. And so like to this day, I drive a golf cart like a crazy person because I'm an apprentice of Kenny. That's how he taught me to drive. And so like everything that I needed to do in that job, he showed me. He walked alongside um, with me, right? He taught me. He sh- I shadowed him. He coached me. And G- when Jesus talked about following him, this is the, that's the image he gave us. Is the, discipleship is apprenticeship. Is a Christian is someone who's apprenticed to Jesus, who's learning to navigate all of their life with Jesus. Jesus right by their side, teaching them, coaching them, leading them. And so when we say we want to be a church for Monday, like all we're saying is we want to double down on the calling Jesus has given us to make apprentices of Jesus. Um, and yet, like we, we're in that statement, like we're recognizing that a lot of times churches, like they don't think about Mondays. And so the church in Sunday world is very disconnected from the Monday world. And there's a couple of errors that we want, we want to avoid as a church as we think about disciple making and, and making apprentices of Jesus. And the first error is like the, it's easy for the church just to forget about Monday. And so some churches, like they speak and they teach and they live in a, world, in a way that's like completely different or irrelevant to the world around them. And if you walk into a church, it's like, are those people normal? Like, do they, are these feel like people from another planet? Like, it's, it's not, it's not it's like, it's different. It's weird. It's strange. And the results, uh, the result is that you come to a church and you feel like it's, this church doesn't have anything to do with tomorrow, like with my actual life, with the doubts that I have, the struggles that I have, the questions that I have. And, and the best way I can illustrate this is, uh, you know, I mentioned this a few weeks back, but I was, uh, I was in Chicago with my family a few weeks ago. And my, my cousin Kelly, she's actually about 20 years older uh, than me, so she like, saw me as a kid growing up. Um, but her, my cousin Kelly came to me and was like, my, hu- my husband and I, we want to come to your church sometime and just, just see what that's like, see what you're like as a pastor. Um, which, she's just fascinated by this. So obviously some of it's like, you know, I grew up as a little, the little brat running around at family reunions. Like, that's a part of it. But I think as I talked to her about it, I think a bigger part of it is um, 
you know, like, like, Tim, you're normal, right? You're the golfer, the, you know, you just, you hang out with, like, you're just, you're a normal person, but you're also a pastor, and that, like, those two things don't go together um, with me, and, and I, I think for a lot of, like, that's what Christians are for a lot of, of people, and we act like we don't have the questions that everyone else has. We act like we don't have the struggles that everyone else has. We act like we're just, we just, we're, we're almost, rem- like, removed in an unhealthy way from the world. Like, the very thing Jesus asked not be true of us, that we're taken out of the world, that's what happens, and people come to, to church, and they're like, this doesn't feel like the world. This doesn't feel like we're, like, this doesn't feel like Monday. I think one way, like, this has been true is, is I've, you know, as I've, I've gotten older, uh, you know, I grew up in a, a church with a huge student ministry, lots of kids going. And as I've watched a number of students that I, or friends that I went to student ministry with and who were in high school with me, like walk away from Christianity. What's been fascinating to me is the reasons they've done it have been questions or objections they've had. And that like, they don't actually have like the real Christian answers to those questions. Like they've ne- like they never met a church that actually like, here's like, here's how the Christianity thinks about science or thinks about suffering or thinks about evil and they, they give these answers that are really shallow because ch- churches that didn't have Monday in mind gave them those answers. And we don't, like, we don't want to do that. We don't want to give shallow answers to the things you're going to have to work through tomorrow. We don't want to, we don't want to forget that this is a, this is, like, there's a real world out there. And even though we're here in this very dark theater that feels very removed from the real world, like Jesus wants us as his sent apprentices into that real place, into the real world. And we don't want to forget about that. So that's one way, error we want to avoid. Um, the other error we want to avoid, avoid is like ignoring the challenge of what Monday life is, right? And this is like the error I would say. Like, so one error is, is we're not relevant and we feel very removed from the world. The other element is we're just the world that's, that's moved in as the church and we're not in any ways distinct or different. And here, here what happens is like the church, right, we ignore the pressures. We ignore the way the world wants to, to conform us. So, like, so tomorrow when you go into the world, just like me in high school or you in your workplace, there are so many forces and factors that are trying to conform you out of your, your apprenticeship to Jesus and into something else, right? Into something, into something very different than what following Jesus looks like. And when the church ignores that, we either become irrelevant, right? Or we just become whatever the world is and we, we call it church. We call it Jesus. We call it Christianity. And in Christ's community, we don't want to do that. We want to intentionally think about what does it mean to follow Jesus in the real, the real world, and to be clear, like, this isn't anything new. This is what the church's mission was from uh, the beginning. So there's one other scripture I want to look at briefly this morning. It's Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 uh, through, I think, 14. Um, and here, Paul is talking about what the work of the church is, what the, like, what the church is called to do and be. Here's, here's what he says. He says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. So basically he gave like the leadership in the church. And not just, don't just think like ordained pastors. Like anyone who's like leading in the church in any way. Um, those people, uh, he gave them for the building up of the body of Christ. And so we all attain to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son. Actually, I skipped a line. He gave all those church leaders to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so we attain maturity uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Uh, verse 14, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. So here, uh, two things about these verses. One is that Paul is saying that like church leaders, or in particular like my role, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. 
I'm going to unpack that because that's like, what? This sounds like super churchy. Um, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. There's two words here that, that matter. One is ministry, which sounds like, well, that's a church job, right? To equip the saints to do church jobs. And yet the word ministry there, actually, it's a, very, it's a broader word than that. It's, it's just a word of service. It's used very often outside of church context of just like just serving one another. And so, um, so our role as a church is often, like it's, or as pastors, is often narrowed down into, well, my job is to help you do works for the church, right? To serve in children's ministry or to teach a Bible study or to, to be on the worship team. But that's not, that's not what Paul is saying um, here. It's a service, like this word, is, it's a Monday word. It's a word that is, it could be any reference for you to serve anybody at work, your parents, and family, at school. And so Paul, he doesn't just want us to build us up into maturity for, as Christians just to serve other Christians. Um, so that, that's one. It's ministry, service, it's not just meant for inside the church. But the other word that's important, um, where Paul clearly has Monday in mind, is the word saint. Right? It, Paul says, when he says to equip the saints for the work of ministry, he's referring to every Christian, which means if you're a Christian, you are a saint. And that's really important because a saint, uh, right, a saint is not a Patrick Mahomes Christian. All right, so there's not like there's Patrick Mahomes and there's the rest of the Chiefs, right? Like there's one really great player and there's everybody else. And that's how like we've imported that into the church, right? There's super Christians and there's, you know, everybody else we let show up, right? That's, there's saints and there's everybody else. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's actually saying, if you're a Christian, you are a saint. And the word saint, all it means is that you're, picked, you're pulled out. You're, picked, you're different. You're set apart. When Jesus says, do not take them out of the world, I've sent them into the world. That's the same idea. If you're a Christian, you're a saint. You're, you're different. You're set apart. You're unique. And it's why when Paul talks about the importance of the church in discipling people, um, is, is to make sure you and I, when we go into Monday life, we're not tossed to and fro by every deceitful scheme and by um, you know, things that are not true and, and, and lies. Um, Paul very much has Monday in mind. He wants us to be saints who are set apart, who live in our Monday life very, very differently. And at the same time, uh, he, wants us, um, he wants us to be ready for the Monday in which we encounter, this world in which we encounter. So that's all. That's what we mean. Like we want to be. A, we want to be people. I uh, want to be a church that's that's getting people ready for what Monday life is. And so, what does that? What does that mean? What is that, and that's what we're going to spend the next seven weeks talking about together. Is what does it mean to follow Jesus on Monday? What does it mean to be an apprentice of Jesus? And here's the thing. Like there, on the one hand, we recognize, and one of the reasons, frankly, why I'm a Christian, is that like Christianity doesn't produce the same. Like every disciple is not the same. Every apprentice is not the same. There are many different apprentices of Jesus as there are people in here because there's different giftings and different temperaments and different, God made us all differently. So on one hand, so that's a challenge for us to make disciples of Jesus because everyone's so different. And on the other hand, we, we thought really hard together as a leadership, um, you know, but what are the things that an apprentice of Jesus needs to have? What are the tools that need to be true? What are the marks that need to be true of us if we are actually following Jesus on Monday, and so we worked really hard, and that's what we're going to talk about the next seven weeks. Is the seven seven marks we we say, or, or seven ways that we think if you're following Jesus on Monday, these things are going to be true of you. And here they are. Here they are, really briefly. Um, first, this will be next week. An apprentice of Jesus takes up the cross of Jesus. Right? We trust Jesus in, in everything um, in our lives, and in and with that, because we sort of see ourselves as as dead, we're willing to risk everything um, to follow Him. Right? Christians are risk takers. Uh, secondly, uh, puts on the yoke of Jesus. And so we, like, we don't just think Jesus has really good teachings. 
to teach us, but he also has practices, ways of changing and becoming more and more like him that we need to enter into. So we trust to uh, take up the cross of Jesus, put on the yoke of Jesus, um, thoroughly builds our lives on the scriptures. So we're going to talk about, like, we think an apprentice of Jesus, when they look at the world, they look at the world through the story of the Bible. And there's lots of different ways to see and understand the world. But, like, if you, if you follow Jesus, the story of Scripture is how you help, is how you understand the world. It's how you see the world. It's how you think about Monday, is the story Scripture is, is telling. Uh, fourth is, is loves the local church. We think Jesus' uh, Jesus' plan when he came to this earth was to, plant, to found the church and to, to start churches all over the world. Um, <clears throat> fifth, then, is seeking the good of city. And we think about this in, in sort of three ways. One is we think Christians are are generous and kind towards our city, right? We don't, we don't exist to take from the city. We exist to give to our city, to give, our, give ourselves away. Um, secondly is like, uh, I mean, just think of like sharing your faith in meaningful ways. I mean, I think that's a big challenge we all face and something we've not done a good job of as a church, I think, of doing is helping you think through, like, what does it look like to share my faith with other people, to share Christianity with, with other people? And then lastly, what I've been spe- thinking a lot about this morning, you're talking a lot about this morning, is um, through work and vocation, right? Through whatever you spend most of your time doing in the week, like Jesus is use, wants to use you through that. And we want you to think very intentionally about that. And so each of those, like each of those have their own sermons. Here, here's the big idea for this morning. We, we want to intentionally cultivate those things in ourselves. We want to be a church about doing those things so that when you get to Monday life tomorrow, and you have like the questions, you have a case of the Mondays, and you're not like, is my life meaningful? Is what I'm doing mattering? We want, like, we want to help you think about that because we believe Jesus specifically asked God not to take you out of that. Um, the thing you've asked him many times to take you out of, he said, no, I'm not praying for that. Um, and he sent you there. So that's what we mean, uh, church for Monday. Um, so, you know, how? What does that look like? Um, how, how would we, we do that? And I think where, where we have to start in that is, is by, by understanding, like, Monday is not, it's not a curse on us. It's an opportunity. And the things that are mundane, that are boring, that wear us out, that, that we feel like have no meaning to them, um, actually, those are often, those are the rhythms God like, works in really unique ways. The Monday, it's not, um, it's not mundane, it's an opportunity. And there, there's a book that really unpacks this well, and I, I highly recommend it to you. It's a book called The Liturgy of the or- Ordinary. It's uh, written by Tish Harrison Warren. And here's how she talks about like, our Monday life and how God, like, in boring, mundane ways, like really speaks meaning in, into it. Here's what she writes. This is the new life into which we are baptized is lived out in days, hours, and minutes. God is forming us into a new people, and the place of that formation is in the small moments of today. We tend to want a Christian life with the dull bits cut out. Yet God made us to spend our days in rest, work, and play, taking care of our bodies, our families, our neighborhoods, our homes. What if all these boring parts matter to God? What if days passed in ways that feel small and insignificant to us are weighty with meaning and part of the abundant life that God has for us? And we believe that's true. Like We believe whatever you're doing tomorrow is is where God wants you and where he wants to use you and know you and, and you be apprenticed to him in life. And so, we, listen, we, we, we really want to think about this together. And so I hope you picked up uh, one on the way in, but we created a series guide to kind of do this beyond Sunday mornings. Um, and so take this home, read it through, fill it out, work through it um, together in, in the coming uh, weeks because we believe uh, your Monday matters and we want to help think about that um, 
with you. And, and, and to illustrate, so it's not just that like the boring and mundane matter, but also like God, I think oftentimes, like at least for me, has gotten through to me more on Monday and on Monday than on a Sunday. And I bet I would bet uh, for most of us in this room, the reason if you're a Christian, the reason you're a Christian is not a really great sermon that you heard. And it's not a really great church service that you were a part of. It wasn't a Sunday experience that made you a Christian. It was something that happened on Monday in the week. Right? Living in, in the homes of parents who loved God and showed you a different way. Or it was a friend, a mentor, uh, a neighbor. I mean, that's, that's my own story. I, there's not, I don't remember a sermon. Um, I don't remember any sermon I ever uh, heard growing up as a kid in, in church, which is, makes me really encouraged about what I'm doing right now, actually. <laughs> right? I don't remember a single sermon. Um, and yet, like, I remember a lot of, of people on, in Monday life that was like, oh, I think I, like, Jesus makes sense to me. And I could tell lots of stories for that. I've told the story before, but I want to tell again. Um, one of those moments, or one of those stories was, it was in freshman geometry class, which like, it doesn't get any more Monday than that, right? Freshman geometry class, it's like the third circle of hell if you're in high school. You know, it's just a terrible place. And, and, and in, in my freshman geometry class, our teacher had the rule that if she ever said a cuss word in class, then we got to say the same cuss word. Which, like, to freshman boys, like, challenge accepted, um, right? Because it's like, if there's anyone that's ever going to make you curse as an adult, it's a room of high school boys in freshman geometry class, right? It's like a bad bet to make. But anyway, there's one day when we freshman boys were uh, ignoring her, and she yelled out a cuss word and, uh, well, threw a piece of chalk over our heads to the back of the room and, and walked out. Uh, this, that really happened. It was public school in Indiana. It was great. Um, and, and so here's the thing. She walked in, she apologized, and then she said, all right, you get to say that word for the rest of the semester. And, and right, and so we, you know, we freshman boys, we loved it. We lived it up. We spoke it all that, that we could. And so there was, you know, there were two factions, and I was kind of in between, like, as someone who went to church but, like, thought it was, you know, it was fun to cuss in freshman geometry class. It was like I was, you know, caught in this in between. of like, this probably isn't right, and, man, this was fun. And so there were a group that, you know, there, there were the Christians in class that just, like, with judgmental eyes were like, how dare anybody, you know, speak these words in freshman gym, I was like, really? Like, you're surely saying this when you're doing your homework at home. Come on. Um, but so there's the Christians, uh, you know, judgmental. And then there's those of us living into it. And, but there was one person, or there was probably more, but there was one person I remember. He just it was different. Like, she wasn't a judgmental Christian looking down on us from a place of moral superior. And she, like, she also wasn't, like, playing this dumb game of, you know, cussing to impress other people in freshman geometry um, class. And, and her name, her name was Julie, and she was a Christian uh, in like, her life, it just felt free. Like, just the way she operated was like, you know, this game of trying to be popular in high school or impress other people. She, she was just free of that, but not judgmental, right? And so, like, in a real way, she was, she was apprenticed to Jesus, and, I, like, that just that's really spoke to me. It wasn't a sermon, right? It wasn't a church experience. It wasn't a trip. It was, it was this, that, that is what I remember from that really formative time in my life is that class. And that's like that's why we want to be a church from like we believe tomorrow you're going to be in that same position and if you if you follow Jesus with Monday in mind you like you're going to do that for other people. You're going to be a saint. Right? Like not because you're more moral and look down on other people but because you like you just operate in this world free and different and 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 in a, it's just in a totally fresh way that like our world needs. And that's what we want to spend the next eight weeks um, together. Because one, of, like, even one of the reasons why I'm a pastor or a Christian is because, like, I think Jesus is a real world savior. 
And what I mean by that is that, uh, Netflix has a bunch of good documentaries on different cults, uh, which maybe you're not into that. I mean, I find that stuff fascinating. And here's the thing, like most other religions, Christ- other than Christianity, like if you want to go talk to the founder, you have to go sit on a really soft pillow, right? And they're really weird people and they wear white, you know, white flowing robe, And they're just like, you have to like exit the real world to go and meet them. But like Jesus spent the first 30 years of his life working construction. He's a carpenter. He built stuff. Right? Like, if, like, if you want to go real world, go find like, people that build stuff. That's real world. That's where Jesus spent most of his life. And then beyond that, when Jesus started his teaching ministry, you find, like, he, anybody would go and talk to him. Religious leaders went and talked to him. The, the poorest of the poor went and talked. Like, like, Jesus was like, oh, that guy, like, that guy gets it. And I, like, I think if you and I apprentice ourselves to Jesus, we, we will become not otherworldly. Like, we'll be real world people. We'll be Monday people. And it's why I love following Jesus. He's not a savior for the classroom. He's not a savior for an easy life. He, in fact, he says, I don't want you to come out of the world. I'm, not ta- I'm asking God not to take you out of the world because I'm sending you into the world. He's a savior for whatever we face in life. He, he's a real world savior. And I think that's why, like, ultimately, um, you know, whatever it is that you and I face, which I, like, I don't for a minute mean to, to if Monday's really hard for you, like, I don't for a minute mean to say it's not a big deal, get over it, like, Jesus wants you there. No, like, there's some really, like, just awful things Monday brings to us. Which is, all, like, that's why ultimately Jesus goes to, to the cross. And John's, you know, the line we all know probably in, from John's gospel is, for God so loved the world, um, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We, you know, we always read that first line, for God so loves the world, like he should love the world. Like, remember, like, John, world's not a good place. It's, a, it's, it's broken. It's hard. It's difficult. And yet Jesus so deeply loved it. He so deeply loved everything that you and I are going to face tomorrow. He so deeply loved it. He entered into this world. He gave his life for it. Right? He went to a cross for it so that you and I could, could go to sleep tonight, wake up tomorrow, and enter into whatever it is we have, knowing he's died for it. He's, he loves us in it. He sent us to it. He, he's real world. He's real world. We're going to spend the next few weeks uh, thinking about that together. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, and let's pray as we continue this morning. Uh, Father, um, God, just forgive me for any time as a pastor I talk out of the real world. Otherworldly, you know, I'm, just, I'm so amazed that Jesus um, spent most of his life just building tables and being around other people in his neighborhood. And then when it was time to teach um, and preach, Lord, he, he prayed to not take us out of this world, but to send us into it. Lord, that's a, what a different way of seeing the world. And so, God, as we, as we uh, worship together as a church and as we think about what we're looking at tomorrow, would you, would you just uh, send your son to be apprenti- to, for us to be apprenticed to him to navigate this world however he wants us to? God, we can't do that without your help. We ask it um, and we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.